Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities and family owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Delivery, takeout, or dine-in, they've got you covered. Order online at Devani's.com. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Wednesday, November the 15th. Ozzy Osbourne flying high again, or as Candace calls him, Dad, flying high again. Oh, I wish. He's not talking about drugs. He's talking about a new lease on life. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wish he was your dad. He was high yeah, again. I do, Candace. Tony. You I wish. wish I, I don't, yeah, I wish I had a dad. You wish your dad was high <laughs> like Ozzy? Um, no, I just think it'd be fun. Uh, uh, well, it would be fun if Ozzy was your dad. You could be, you'd be, then you'd have siblings like Jack and yeah. what's her name? Kelly. Kelly. And what's the other one's name? It was never on the show because she has, because yeah, um, she has a measured right. response and approach to life. Imagine being the Osborne. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the Osborne kid who's like, no, nah, I don't want any part of it. She's still out there living a perfectly like anonymous Allie, life. I think. Although, yeah. Candace, you've told some stories. Um, uh, love your mom, never met her, but you've told some your mom liked to rock out. I mean, you get yes. that from your mom. She had fun when she was young. Maybe Ozzy just came through town. Maybe you could be Ozzy's illegitimate kid. Yeah, that's, that would work. Mom. Yeah. yeah. That would totally work. So that maybe Ozzy, maybe John Densmore. There's a few guys you've, you've really taken a shine to on the show. Well, I'm not here. sure. Well, hey man. And by the way, we we support all of this. So we we yeah. would just hey, thanks. all we want is you to be happy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, my dad always wanted me to be happy. When I was listening to a song called "Little Help from My Friends," once he goes, "Yeah, it's about drugs." Like, yeah. What are you talking about? A little, I get high with a little help from my friends. What do you think those friends are? <laughs> oh my God, Dad, I'm just a 12. I'm yeah. trying to enjoy a right. Beatles record, for God's like sake. Like the beat. Finish your whiskey, Dad. If I'd had, if I'd had, I only wish. I'm the only kid in the world who used to wish his dad drank. <laughs> take the edge off a little bit, dude. Come on. Right. Um, all right, we got a lot going on today. Eric Andre is going to be on the show. I love him so much. He's the best. Oh my God, he's completely out of his mind. He's, the best. he's got a new book out. That's going to be, what time? Eight o'clock. That's going to be awesome. I'm looking very forward to catching up. Well, I say catching up as if I've ever spoken to him before. I'm looking very forward to talking with him. Uh, there's some local news that, uh, we, we feel the need to start the show off with. This is certainly not something fun. Adam Johnson, the hockey player who died on the ice in October in England, I'm sure you remember the story. He was playing for the Nottingham Panthers. He had his throat cut uh, by a, 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 a blade by a skate of a guy on the other team. Uh, now English police have announced that they have made a, well, they didn't make necessarily an arrest. They brought a guy in. Uh, there's a possible charge of manslaughter. Uh, that is, uh, they haven't, they didn't name the player, but obviously it is uh, Matt Petgrave, the player involved in that incident, was yeah. brought in. They have, quote, arrested a man on suspicion. He's already been released. Charges have not been filed. Um, this is one of those things that's already. Uh, it's a horrible story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a just an absolutely. It's the worst story you can imagine um, out of the world of hockey. And of course, people get online and then they turn it into a. Uh, you know, there, there's been from day one, oh, this guy meant to do it. Petgrave meant to do this, which I, I personally think is completely obscene and, and, and horrifying. Um, Adam Johnson's family has been pressing police to look into this, which I fully understand. Uh, a family to do that. Um, they are they have been quoted and given interviews where they're saying it was so reckless and we want justice for Adam. 
and and I say this with with a full heart. That's why you don't let families make these kind of decisions. I can't imagine for the life of me there was any intent in this act in this action, yeah. because it, it's just a it's a it's a one in a billion thing to have happen. There's not a chance this guy intended to do anything like this. Did he intend to maybe trip Adam Johnson? Sure. Hockey mm-hmm. players trip each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, every time somebody is 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 every time you see a slashing call, were you trying to cut the guy's hand off? No, you were smacking him with your stick. And sometimes things yeah. go horribly awry. Um, and for everyone who's saying like, oh, he's going to get what he deserves, manslaughter. Just just because I had to look this up in the United Kingdom, involuntary manslaughter is unlawful killing without the intent to kill or cause serious harm. It's yeah. a common law offense. This is. Um, uh, there's no way to put any spin on this other than it's a tragedy. Uh, the idea that the police in England have decided to charge this guy and send him to prison, that's not what's happening here. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, uh, intent, that why, that's why there's a manslaughter investigation. Because, right. yeah, I don't think there was intent there. I, I watched it several times, mm-hmm. uh, the incident. It's out there, available to you. And, yeah, I think there might have been, it looked like, you know, as he checks a guy, he might have flailed back wanting to trip or make some contact with Adam mm-hmm. Johnson. And, you know, and then the terrible freak accident occurred. But there is... Um, a precedent for this in the in hockey, rather, there was an Italian hockey player that was charged with manslaughter, uh, pleaded guilty to manslaughter after he slashed a guy in the chest during a game. The mm-hmm. guy desi- uh, died as a result of a cardiac event. A couple right. of NHL players have been charged with deadly assault. Uh, I'm remembering McSorley, uh, sure. Marty McSorley. Yep. In 2000, with a two-handed slash to the head, Uh assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, And there was another one. Uh, Some guy was sentenced to like a year and a half uh, for assault on the ice. It does happen. But, yeah, so the idea that this guy's uh, being charged with murder and meant to uh, murder or seriously harm Adam Johnson, I I just, uh, I can't, I don't don't see any evidence or haven't heard anything about that. No, I I agree. I mean, and it's, and again, it's a, it's an incredibly emotional and difficult situation. It's, it's horrifying. Um, So I understand where people get very involved and invested. But again, that's why we have a system of laws. And I I don't think a guy makes it. uh, The the, the person charged, he's been playing hockey for years. Um, If there is a lengthy track record of this guy playing dirty, then we would be seeing the videos there. Because I've seen people accuse him of that, but I've yet to see anything. Uh, Long story short, Adam Johnson's family deserves support and love. And it's a tragedy. Um, I I think it's it's just it just kind of it makes me sad that people want to take it to this other level as in as if there was intent to get a skate up to a man's throat. That's just me. Um, uh, and, 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 and as the story develops, we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, Johnson's a, a, not a local, but a regional kid. And again, at the end of the day, a hockey player lost his life on the ice. And that's always the worst. It's the worst thing imaginable. Yeah, true. All right. We'll have our first look at traffic and weather coming up. Uh, Mike Evans, Hollywood report, not far off. Hang tight. It's the KQ morning show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. Greg Kinn with the breakup song uh, a moment ago on this very show. Uh, Speaking of breakups, man, you know, there's moments we look back on, and even if we don't act on them in real time, we always know when something's over. You can look back and go, oh, wait, it was that exact moment that it was over and we're gonna and i want to talk about some of those moments uh in just a few minutes but right now uh this is the moment when it's just about to begin and by it i mean the mike evans hollywood report mike is on the horn good morning michael 
morning, guys. Good morning, Marcus Theater. Proud to announce their Value Tuesday. Oh, did you miss it yesterday? Well, I missed we'll it. it. I missed it. I missed it. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, we'll do it again uh, tomorrow, uh, next week, next Tuesday. So nice. uh, write it down. Six dollar value at Marcus Theaters. Perfect. What are you guys talking about? Um, let's see. We're talking about, uh, well, we're about to be talking about, you know, moments in life when you realize something's over. You don't necessarily act on it in real time, but you look back and go, yeah, that was it. That was when the that was when the flag dropped and I recognized the race had begun or whatever the, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Love Nuggets, last week I told you, despite them keeping it on the down low, that Brad Pitt and Enos Day Ramon were getting very serious. Well... <laughs> Uh, they made it public uh, last weekend at the Los Angeles Film Gala when Brad went out of his way to formally introduce Enos to everybody as his girlfriend. I'll be honest with you, Steve. I didn't think Brad Pitt knew the word girlfriend. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's pretty serious. Yeah, must be. Uh, must be. Hey, uh, check it out. Uh, write it down. December 17th. That's the date CBS will air a two-hour-long 90th birthday party and special for Willie Nelson. Sweet. Uh, that's got to be cool. I yeah. mean, if you're not a country fan, I mean, that's uh, Willie Nelson. Come on, man. He's great. That's an American original right there. Absolutely. Uh, do you like Jeopardy? I love Jeopardy. Oh, I love me some Jeopardy. Uh, tonight, the quarterfinals uh, of Celebrity Jeopardy. The three contestants are Macaulay Culkin, Saturday Night Live, uh, Rachel Dratch, and the WWE wrestler Becky Lynch. Prime time tonight, ABC TV, the quarterfinals of Celebrity Jeopardy. Just a little heads up. My money's on Dratch. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, the remaining cast of the old TV show Taxi have uh, these monthly Zoom calls, and now they're planning a live televised reunion on The View. My question is, does anybody really care about the old taxi TV show? Oh, I do. I'm a huge fan. I mm. love that show. I loved it too. Uh, they're, they're putting it together. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little worried because the Frasier reboot has completely, completely bust. Well, the, I mean, they're just going to get together on the View and, and give people a little minute of nostalgia. They're not going to reboot the show, are they? No, I don't think. Oh, so. Okay, yeah, they're hoping to, but I don't think so. I don't think that, that doesn't make um, sense. What are you going to call it? Then, You're going to have to call it Uber now. There's more Ubers and taxis now, aren't there? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Oz and very odd. Brad Pitt and Reese Witherspoon have been in meetings and want to co-produce a movie about Britney Spears' book? Why not? I guess. It's, it's still selling. I the, guess. Well, yes. Yeah, the woman sold over a million copies of a book in 2023. That's That, that, that says everything you need to know about where the dollars are going to follow. But I wonder if you... If you hire her to play herself, I don't know if that would work. Uh, I don't know how it would work, but... You heard it here first. Reese Witherspoon's daughter will be playing Britney Spears in that ah, film. I got an insider in that Witherspoon ah, camp. There you go. There you go. Uh, and, Steve, I'm always trying to find <laughs> nuggets you don't get anywhere else, and uh, I got some today that I think, hope you'll like. Uh, these are celebrities who have changed their religion. And note, I'm not telling any secrets out of school. They are all... Uh, open about their beliefs. Here we mm -hmm. go. Let's have it. Mike Tyson went from Islam to Christian. Okay. Madonna went from Catholic to Kabbalah. Right. Angelina went, Jolie went from atheist to Buddhism. Okay. Brad Pitt went to from Christian to atheist. Okay. Jane Fonda went from agnostic to Christian. Okay. 
Julia Roberts went from Christian to Hinduism. Okay. Nick Cage went from atheist to Christian. Right. And Tom Cruise went from Christian to Scientology. Okay, so that's one, two, three. That's eight people you just named, and six of them are just bat crap crazy to begin with. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. When you give me a list of people and Brad Pitt and Julie Roberts are the sane ones, man, you're swinging for the fences, Mike Well, there Evans. you go. I'm trying my best. Yeah, man. Uh, I look, I hope everybody has a great day. And, Steve, let me be the first person to say, Merry Christmas. Oh, bless you, Mike. Thank Merry you, brother. Merry Christmas. That's great. Happy birthday to you, brother. Hey, have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. See ya. That's my second time <laughs> I've mentioned I got an insider in the Witherspoon <laughs> camp, and he won't bite. No. Tuesday. Yeah. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. I'm just, I'm just, um, I don't know. Maybe he's. Maybe he knows our demo. I doesn't I mean, give a rat's rear about Reese Witherspoon. Maybe so. I don't know. I just. I mean, now I feel like I actually have to go land an insider in the Witherspoon camp just to re really keep this shtick alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I love that. Oh, come on, man! It gives me something to laugh about every day. Mike Evans, good man, crazy as a coot, just out of his mind. I love him. Um, we were talking a minute ago, uh, the moment you know things are over. You know, like, say, let's say on Friday, when you hear those bongos and he starts having that little hiccup thing, you know that the Mike <laughs> Evans report's over for the week. Um, I, has anybody here ever been on a date or involved with anybody on any level? Uh, uh, you know, like a, a romantic, a paramour situation, and they called you the wrong name? No, I've done it several times. You've done that? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a bit of a move. our relationship with Maria. Oh, boy. Yeah. What'd you call her? Mariah. Oh. <laughs> Were you drunk? No. Did you have food? In your I don't house? even know where it came from. I've never even, you know, got it on with a Mariah. I mean, there's no Mariah in my life, except that's, for well, Mariah that, so Carey, that, because that, it's Christmas time, and that, I don't... That's, stop, a, that's, that, all I listen that's a mispronunciation, then, more than a, a, a slip of the... That's not a Freudian slip. That's just you hmm. mispronounced her name. She's, that's her what I said. What do you suppose her response was, Steve? Probably not what I just said. Oh, that's a no. funny mispronunciation, honey. No. That's probably not what she said. Still carrying that one around with me. Yeah. But I, sure. you know, I've done it before. I've just guessed. I've been in relationships where I just forgot their name, and I just guessed. Maybe it's from the music. I, th I think it was Paint Your Wagon. They call the wind Mariah. <laughs> wow. I like Have you that. had that's that going great. through your head? Well, uh, I'm going to Google the movie. It's a that's a that Maybe was a Broadway play first. The music. Oh, that's where I saw it, Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Paint your wagon. Paint your wagon. Jimi Hendrix calls the wind Mary. Paint your wagon <laughs> goes with Mariah. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Um, uh, let's see. I I but wait, the, the, there's a whole laundry list of times you knew something was over. I was I moved to and it's not just a relationship necessarily. I moved to Atlanta in 1987 to start a band with one of my oldest buddies in the world. And I got down there, bought a drum kit, we started a show, we started a band, we started practicing, and within a few months we had we played three gigs like in May and June of 1987. And after the third gig, I kind of knew that one was over when my friend who I dropped out of college and moved to Atlanta to start a band with goes, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I just have a hard time getting really excited about anything, even the band. I mean, unless, you know, unless I'm on acid. Okay. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, well. this might be time for me to leave. I was like, really? <laughs> you, you uh, un Unless you're tripping, you can't get excited about the band anymore? And he's like, I'm just being honest. And I was like, well, I'm honestly going to look around for some other yeah. options. <laughs> Acid free. Yeah, it was kind of like that. That really was. It was like, I, I, thought I, I thought we were onto something here. And it was not meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, I, I, I was, go ahead. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I just, I, I remember, yeah, a coworker uh, coming in one day and saying, walked in, we're starting the show, uh, just a two-person show, two of us doing it, and he said, I quit. I said, oh, all right, um, I guess I'm doing the show alone. I'm like, what's up? Was it something I did? He goes, no, I, I sobered up. He goes, honestly, I did this show every day drunk, and uh, I've just decided to quit <laughs> drinking, and it occurred to me the first thing I did when I sobered up was, I didn't want to work with you anymore. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I did the morning mambo that morning by myself. So oh, yeah. sad. It was a mambo slow dance. No shortage of relationships ended when one person decided to get sober. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Right. Uh, and it's e- either, you know, in both directions. It's like, I can't stand you sober, or now that I'm sober, I can't stand you. Mm. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Um, I'm trying to think if there was a. I mean, I've had several jobs that I knew. Yeah, at the moment of truth. I mean, I mean, granted, I was I was working a job where I was in a legal library doing some filing work, and when uh, the guy who ran that legal library tapped me on my shoulder, and when I picked my head up off the desk, and the drool from my sleeping <laughs> mouth when it when it connected nice. to the li- the legal binder I was supposed to be working yeah. on all the way up to I was like, huh? And just the look in his eye, and I was like. <laughs> We didn't really have to say anything. It's right. like, oh, this is this is done. It. My my first girlfriend and I, I knew that relationship was over. I, I think I might have mentioned this. Her sister got married. Her older sister got married, and they asked me to be a part of the wedding. She got she the uh, my my girlfriend's family wasn't Catholic, but her sister was marrying a Catholic guy, and so they said, "Will you be the altar boy at the wedding?" And I was like, "Sure, I got nothing else to do that day. Let's go." And so I'm up there like being a part of the wedding with the priest, and and as the my as my girlfriend, one of the bridesmaids, was walking down the aisle, she she had her hair in a weird all up look like some sort of a weird old like renaissance fair braids and mm-hmm. tied up in a knot but she was looking at me she had this look on her face like this is so beautiful and this oh. is going to be us one day and yeah. i knew that's what she was thinking and in yeah. fact i confirmed it after i go you're thinking about us getting married weren't you she was i was and i broke up with her that night Oop. yeah it was like yeah. the most unattractive thing oh. and i look back it's just horrible but i was just like uh uh-uh, uh hey hey I, I I will. Uh, an unnamed coworker of mine told me uh, he was talking about he'd been dating a girl for a while and they broke up. I said, "What happened?" And he goes, "I just, I don't know, man. I just one day I just knew it was over." I said, "What happened?" He goes, "Well, to be true, to be fair, and to be honest, he goes, I knew it was over the first time I heard myself say the words I love you.' Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that- I'm like, wait, the first time you said it, he goes, "Yeah." As soon as I said that to her, I was like, "I got to get out of here." Put a bad yeah. taste in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, just try, oh, just tried it on, you know, like a. A pair of pants or an old suit jacket. No, this, no, no, no. The moment you try it on, you just know it's not going to wear for I you. I thought it was going to be like a pair of slippers, and it turned out it was leg shackles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny how that happens. No, I've had a couple of, you know, we've all probably had that happen to us. You get the premature I love you, and you're like, oh, this is over now. Yeah. I, I might have gotten there someday, but probably not. Uh, but, yeah, this has got to be over right now. And that's why I'm breaking up with you in three months when I have the guts to say it. That's exactly. <laughs> that's right. I know it's over. I'm not going to share that with you anytime soon. Yeah. But I know that this is over. Uh, let's look back. How about a history lesson? I like sports. I like sports. And who are you? Gorman. And I'm going to teach you a lesson that you're never going to forget. On this day in 1998, November 15th, Barry Sanders of the Lions had his fifth straight 100-yard running game. It was the 75th of his career, and I mention it really because I just like to remind everybody, Barry Sanders did this with 
me, Zepp, Tony Candace, and Woody as his offensive line. Right. Poor Barry. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if the guy had had a single quality lineman blocking God. for him yeah. one day of his career? Well, the highlights wouldn't have been as cool, I that, don't think. Very good point. No one did more with less than the great oh, Barry man. Sanders. On this day in 2001, Roger Clemens of the Yankees won his sixth Cy Young Award. He was... 39 years old. This is the same guy who at 36 had run completely out of gas. His career was plummeting to earth. And then all of a sudden, without any logical explanation, he turned it all around, won 20 of his first 21 decisions, and set the American League record for career strikeouts again at 39. 20-game winner, two more Cy Young Awards after losing it by 36. Steroids. Yeah, and it's too bad because he's one of the great pitchers of all time, you know. I mean, he he really was. To watch him pitch, and I saw him pitch um, at the Metrodome. I saw him pitch a couple of other times. I mean, he was a towering presence. He was like Nolan Ryan in Hulk Hogan's body, Yeah, you know. And he was just so commanding on the mound and had the best stuff for such a long time. Uh, But he just couldn't accept that. Of course, everyone was running around the locker room with needles, you know. So, why not? He's watching all these other guys overachieving and uh, and getting the spotlight. He just didn't have the, I guess, the guts to say, hey, it's over for me. Too bad. I slipped in the shower and fell on a needle. Next thing you know, that fastball is right back up to 97 miles an hour. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devani's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed? They're the large order experts you can count on. Order on Online at thebonnies.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Wednesday, November the what? The 15th. That would be the Ides of November, I imagine. Is it only the Ides of March or do we have the Ides of every month? You only hear it with March. Yeah, you only get that one. Thanks, Julius Caesar. (laughs) Copping the whole Ides thing. Yeah, uh, well. I, I like saying it's the Ides of November. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try to remember the Ides of November. Well, let's all gang up on someone and stab them today. I mean, okay. Man, who could yeah, it be? The, I don't know. Obviously, Draw straws. Hmm. Who no, do we I'm know? Not Wade. Who do we know that's <laughs> drunk <laughs> with? Who do we know that's drunk with yeah, power yes, around so. here? Drunk with power. Drunk with power. Let's do it. Chauncey. Just drunk. Um, that's that's a that's a that's a tall order to come up with one drunk person worth stabbing. In thirty minutes from right now, however, we're giving away Judas Priest tickets. Are you kidding me? Ooh. What the come on, man. That's gonna be great. That's in thirty minutes and in one hour from right now, Eric Andre's calling in. 
He's got a new book out, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, I was ripping through that thing last night, and, uh, and man, I'm looking forward to talking with him. There are moments in life when we realize, oh, this is over. This is done. This has changed. And it could be a personal relationship, a business relationship. Uh, I, knew, I knew I was done as a college student um, when, uh, when I, I started my senior year and I decided I was going to get serious. I was like, yeah, I've been floating around for three years. I've been in school. I'm a broadcasting major and I don't even take that seriously. And I'm just playing a lot of basketball and I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to commit myself to my summer, I mean, to my senior year. I'm going to go to all my classes. I'm going to work hard. It's time to grow up. I'm 21 for God's sakes. I'm an adult. <laughs> and, I, and, I really, and I really meant it and I really believe that. And for the first couple weeks of the semester in the fall of 86, I didn't miss a class, which for me was an incredible incredible accomplishment and I was taking notes and I was real studying during the day I was keeping up with stuff and I was really truly kind of content I mean I really did feel good about it like I finally wasn't laying in bed at night going I should be working harder I just went to sleep because I woke up and worked hard and it was great and then a buddy of mine who had graduated just like four months earlier and already had a job came back for homecoming weekend. And I took one look at him when he walked into the dorm like, what's up, man? I'm back from Iowa. I took one look at him and I was like, I'm getting out of here because <laughs> he had aged five years already. He went from look at he was 22 and all of a sudden he was like 28 or 29. Wow. I could see it in his eye. And I went, if I graduate with a degree, then I have to get a job and then I'm going to get old like he's getting right now in front of me. Literally, I, I it it freaked me out at how prescient that was i was like i i gotta get out of here and and that weekend as i got a phone call from a buddy going hey do you want to start a band and i was like yes i'm out of here let's go wow. yeah it was crazy but i knew right then i was like i'm kidding myself who i probably knew before but there was that one moment right there bang tony <laughs> any anything it. you can look back on and go yeah i knew that was it the 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 the, <laughs> the, the firecracker went off and i knew it was done yeah, I was going to start a new job. I was supposed to be partnered with a, another morning show host. Mm -hmm. And so I went to meet him at a hotel. And uh, <laughs> can go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, not even a nice hotel. Yeah. Walked in and there were empty bottles uh, in the sink. There was a book on the counter mm -hmm. titled Codependent No More. There I, was, uh, I read it. Yeah? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, big, big, great book if you need it. Man, and he had uh, a microphone and guitar set in the middle of the room, and he started playing me a song that he had written for his wife who had just left him. And <laughs> I started, I seriously started looking around for a hidden camera. I, I, I was going to say, were there cameras in the room? No. Unbelievable. Sounds kind of like a hell of a morning show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that very, a very first day we were supposed to start, he didn't show up because oh. he said he didn't feel well from eating a sandwich from the vending machine. So I, oh. I sensed trouble ahead wow. and off i went i quit wow. yeah yeah that was the sandwich thing crazy is good but not you got to show up to be crazy on the air otherwise it doesn't count man you know? i wish we had vending machines with sandwiches in them that'd be so awesome here's one from chad <laughs> when my boss asked me to spend a weekend working on his pool while he took his family out of town i'm an hvac mechanic not a pool boy. Time oh, to sure. find another job. Yeah, sure. Wow. I, 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 I man. I got to go back to the guy. You, you go to his hotel room and he's set up to write it, and he wants uh -huh. to play you a song he just wrote for his wife who left yeah. him. Oh, he had a shirt off, by the way, too. <laughs> I left that out. Well, oddly enough, I, I, I pictured <laughs> I like that guy. in my mind. I was already picturing that, and and wearing boxers, not briefs. <laughs>
Um, Codependent No More, a book by Melody Beatty. Mm. Beatty. No, really, I, I was okay. I, that book saved my life because I was I was out of my mind, and our the manager of our band said, "Do you know what codependency is?" I was like, "No." He's like, "I think you're a little too." You're kind of stuck in a in a hole here. Like the, everyone else is making you crazy, and I'm like, everyone else is definitely making me crazy. Mm-hmm. He goes, here, read this book, and I was like, oh, thanks. No, really, it was great. great. But then again, I didn't leave it around when meeting new people. <laughs> Let me tell you what I just learned about how screwed up I am. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. I like oh that. Uh, the the my former uh, rock and roll combo, the Black Crows, in '97, we were auditioning guitarists to join the band. We had parted ways with our lead guitarist. And we had a series of guys come in, and they were all good players, um, four or five different people. But one guy came in, and I, I don't even remember his name. I, all I know is he was from Chicago. And we plugged in. We played a couple of our songs. And, I mean, this guy is like, we were a big band at the time. We're auditioning. Yeah. And, and everybody that's in that room is a personal recommendation from someone we really trusted if we didn't already know them to begin with. And this guy played two of our songs, and we took a break. And it's like, oh, so, yeah, you know, who you played with so-and-so, and we're kind of connecting dots. And it's, it's not uncomfortable, but it's not fully familiar chit-chat as you get to know. And the guy said, yeah. You know, I was listening to, uh, I was listening back to the records and, and learning these songs. And I was, you know, and it dawned on me, man, like I got a couple songs that would be perfect for this band. Mm. <laughs> Which, and oh. I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, man, you just, there was four people who immediately, <laughs> all of our eyes just went black. Like, <laughs> like you have been in this room for 30 minutes. You played two songs with us and you were going to bring us your song. And it was like, I don't care if your last name is McCartney, dude. That's not how this goes. You got to wait a minute yeah. at least. And it was, it was really funny because then it was, we're all sitting there talking. I was like, what else do you guys want to play? And literally it was like, you know, we're, we're good. We're, that's great, man. We we totally got it. We can tell what you can do, and thanks for coming down. And he literally walked out of there thinking he had the gig. I'm pretty sure. God, yeah. Let the bottle breathe. Yeah, it was it was, it was a pretty good one. That say, and by the way, as long as we're here, in that same set of uh, of auditions, we're playing with guys. One guitarist that was a was a we'd never met him. He was recommended. Uh, by a producer we knew and he said well there's this one kid he's kind of young he was like in his mid-20s and we were all a little older maybe his early 20s and he was from savannah georgia and we were in atlanta and he drove up and he was going to play with us and he showed up at the place uh and he and he was out in the lobby and he he walked in to just make sure he was in the right building and he uh and and our singer chris came back in the room and said hey that new kid's out the the kid from savannah's out in the lobby and we were like all right cool and he said, yeah, he was just going to his guitar to grab his, his guitar. He was going to his car to get his guitar. Mm-hmm. Great. And we're sitting there waiting, and like five minutes pass, and like ten minutes pass, and we're like, where'd this kid go? And we walk out, and he's not there. And there's no car in the parking lot other than ours. And we're like, what in the world? And and he became known as the guy who just left. We never <laughs> knew another thing about him. And years later, like that's in 1997, and in maybe 2012, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and I go to lunch with a guy named Dave Cobb, who produces Chris Stapleton, Jason Isbell, Rival Sons. He's one of the biggest producers of the last 20 Not years bad. in rock and Americana. And I'm having lunch with this guy, and we're, we're catching up. And I, I'd met him once or twice, but it's the first time we're really hanging. And he goes, you know, I came to audition for the Black Crows once. And I was like, no, you didn't. He goes, oh. yeah, but I didn't. I just left beforehand. And I looked at him. I go, you're the guy that showed up and then oh left? God. And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what happened? I couldn't believe it. And and he's now this hugely successful producer. And he goes, well, I, you know, I, I just never been around like drugs before. 
Then no. I go, okay. Yeah. And he goes, but I could smell the weed coming out of the rehearsal room. And I looked in there, <laughs> and you guys just all look crazed. Oh my <laughs> I was God. like, wait, what? He was afraid. Yeah, and he goes, I, I was just a small-town kid. I grew up in the church, and I was just kind of starting to play, like, secular music for the first time. And he told me this whole story, and I was like, oh, yeah, you were, you definitely made the right choice. And he's like, yeah, I just I went back to my, guitar, to my car, and I was going to get my gear out, and I just jumped in my car and drove away. I was like, I'm not ready for this. Uh, oh I was like, yeah, good, good choice. Yeah, you wouldn't have been ready for that. I mean, I'll tell you what, he was like, I mean, a little, he would have been dead in a week. <laughs> but uh, that, that's that's my favorite. I knew it was over when, and I was one of the people on the other side of the story who looked, he said, you guys look crazed. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> ah, good, good, good spur of the moment decision. I liked it. It worked out. It, but, you know, uh, it worked out well for him. I don't know. I mean, we probably could have used him. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. Kid was awesome. Eh, what are you going to do? Candace, when's your next gig? Oh, my God. We have a big show um, coming up in uh, one week from now. One week from now. And, uh, and yes. where is the show? It's going to be at Route 47, which is in Fridley. A really cool um, music bar. Big place. It's okay. the old Pickle Park. And we're going to be opening for um, uh, Bobby Jensen's rock show. So he used to be in Hairball. So it's, it's like Hairball, but... Um, a little more metal, a little okay. more edge to it. So we're going to open for them. We go on at 8. It's door only, 20 bucks. you got to get there early, wow. but you can go there early and have dinner. Awesome. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a blast. The biggest party night of the year. That's great. Woo! I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Thank you for that, Candace. Yes, yeah, see you there, Steve. You going to uh, do this? Woo! Yeah. I like that. We're playing a bunch of new songs and um, some uh, hits. New songs, you mean new Black Sabbath songs you haven't played before? Yes. Or you're writing songs in the style of no. Black Sabbath now? <laughs> nope, not yet. Um, quick note, uh, if you're out hiking and you come across a snake and you want to bring it back to your kids, make sure it's not venomous. Uh, this is a true story from Australia where, as we know, everything can kill you. An Australian hiker found a snake. He thought it was... A uh, non-venomous diamond python. It turned out it looks a lot like that, but it's a broad-headed snake, an incredibly venomous snake. And he balled it up, put it in his bag, and brought it home and said, kids, look what I found. Oh. Or actually what he said was, hey, kids, look what I found. <laughs> and uh, they said, cool, Dad, that's a cool-looking snake. And then it bit him on the hand, and then he immediately felt sick. As in, like, instantaneously, his hand swelled up, and then he started, uh, this was his words, violently vomiting, mm. went to the ER. There was, thankfully, anti-venom and treatment because he was able to tell them what kind of snake it was. He had, a, I guess, a photo, or maybe he brought the snake to the ER, too. He seems to want to lug snakes around. How do you um, hike in Australia not have anti-venom with you? I, I, I carry it around <laughs> freaking Montana. I carry it around Minnesota. I, I tell you what, man, I if, if I'm ever back in uh, the land down under, I might I might literally just be in a bubble suit everywhere I go. It's a terrifying place. <laughs> oh, by the way, boy. don't take anti-venom unless you've been bitten by a snake. What happens if you take anti-venom without having been bitten by a snake? You start violently vomiting. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, damned if you good do, damned know. if you just don't, little, I guess. Just a little tip right there. That's a good tip from your Uncle Bry. 
I'm. Uh, it's not going to be a problem. I, I. I. I mean, if I get bitten by a snake, trust me, that snake did it, did the greatest hiding job of all time. My snake radar is never turned off. Right. They say snakes are more afraid of me than I am of them, and I'm willing to challenge that every day of the year. But they do tend to hide. So trust me, if the day comes where I say I can't believe I got bit by a snake, believe me, that snake was drunk or he was hiding with the best of them. Uh, you're in the good old Midwest. No snakes to worry about around That's here. Literally, why I took the job. Just the ones in our business. That's All a right, true right, story. Right. Like, no, I'm yeah. dead serious. I got a call. Would you be interested in doing the KQ Morning Show? I said, what's the snake scene like in the Twin Cities? <laughs> and when I got the all clear, I said, sure, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm not right. exaggerating. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. It is Wednesday, November the 15th. And, man, I got a bone to pick with all you leaf blowers. But we'll wait that. We'll we'll put that on hold for a minute. I, I, I just every year around this time, man, when the leaf blowers start getting fired up, ah, it makes me nuts. You know what's good for your yard? Leaves. Yeah, leave a few at just, least. Don't be or, obsessive about it. Or just cut them with your lawnmower and let them soak back into the ground like the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Like nature's got a plan. It doesn't involve your front yard looking like the putting green at Augusta. <laughs> God. Oh, well, I said I was going to wait, but oh, hell, I'm into it now. Let's go. No, let's not go. Let's move on. Let's have fun. Judas Priest is playing the Armory May 2nd. Woo! Judas Priest. I had a conversation the other day about, you know how they announce concerts further and further? Like, like Iron Maiden's coming in October, and that's already been announced. Um and uh, there was a whole long-form thing where they're saying, like, oh, the promoters and Ticketmaster and Live Nation, they want all that ticket money as far in advance as possible because then they just sit on it and make interest on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it really is just that simple, isn't it? You could, you could yeah. sell – you could put it – you could announce a show uh, three months ahead of time. You don't have to do it 12 months ahead of time. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Conspiracy Joe looking for nefarious, in, uh, you know, impulses, but it's kind of hard to wonder – Hard not to wonder, like, why are concerts now being announced a year in advance? That's just me. It's just one guy talking. I don't know. I don't yeah, I mean, especially some of these bands. It's quite an investment to buy a concert ticket. So are they going to be alive a year from now? <laughs> That's what I was looking for. That's exactly right. Now, Taylor Swift books gigs for a year from now. I imagine she's going to be there. Probably, but, you know, yeah. some sometimes you do have to kind of wonder. By the way, Scorpions 2025 will be on the road. Why? Oh because that will be their 60th anniversary. The oh. Scorpions oh, wow. founded in 1965. I bet you didn't know that in Hanover, Germany. I like these Rolling Stones. Let's make our own band. 1965 <laughs> is when Scorpions started. God bless them. I love them. Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a long time to rock. 60 years. Judas Priest, not that far behind him. And Judas Priest is at the Armory May 2nd. Now, see, that's a legitimate, that's a good amount of time to get yourself ready for. That's only six months away. We've got tickets to give away to see Judas Priest. We've also got runner-up tickets for the Australian Pink Floyd show, which uh, I'll say two things. Never seen it. Uh, that's one. And two, but boy, I kid you not, everybody who has says it's absolutely astonishing. So that's two good things you want to compete for. Not only are we going to compete to to win some concert tickets, we're going to compete. It's a pretty special uh, event today, is it not, Tony Lee? It is. We're just going to have some good, clean, simian fun. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. The KQ Morning Show presents... Shock. The monkey. Shock. The monkey. We've got an animal going into shock here. Yeah, what we're going to do is test your knowledge, your random, meaningless trivia skills, your sure. ability to guess. 
So we've strapped a monkey to a metal chair here in the studio, and we'll fire off questions. Get it wrong, and you'll get mocked and ridiculed. But get it right, you sick listeners. You get to send 2,000 volts of electricity into the hide of an unfortunate chimp. Wow. Let's begin. Man, let's begin in earnest. Candace, who is caller number one? And please tell me his name is Ernest. (laughs) (laughs) Matt from Isanti. Matt, good morning, sir. Good morning. You ready to play Shock the Monkey for some Judas Priest tickets? Yes, sir. Well, then you are in the right place. Tony? All right, sir. Number one, in 1981, after being shot by potential assassin John Hinckley Jr., President Reagan said to wife Nancy, quote, Honey, I forgot to duck. Is that true or false? True. Oh, yes, it is. You got the monk. He had two good lines that day. He also said, on the whole, I'd rather be in Philadelphia, which is, I think, a W.C. Fields quote. Yeah, but it was the, but but that night in Philadelphia was the uh, NCAA championship, Indiana North Carolina game, oh. and he was referencing that as well. Oh, Ron. A bunch of one-liners that night. I guess while he was laying on the operating table, he asked the surgeon if he was a Republican or a Democrat. <laughs> ah, Dutch was on a tear that day. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt, one for monkeys. one. Good start. Yep, good start. Number two, a kind of baked pudding containing apples, raisins, and spices is called Black Betty Ramalam. Mm. Going with false on that one. True. It is Brown Betty. Yes, sir. Two for two, Matt. That monkey doesn't like you, but we do. (laughs) Number three in the 1979 James Bond movie Moonraker, the famous secret agent fights bad guys in outer space. Whoops. What? Oh, What's it's mayhem. It's uh, total mayhem. No, that that uh, that is actually true. That was true. Yeah. Moonraker. The first ever. Moonraker, uh, yeah, of course. The name. Yeah, Moonraker. <laughs> uh, the Lois Childs. Tremendous. She was the Bond girl in that one. I was. I had a thing oh. for her. Uh, but but the very famous uh, weightless in space sex scene. They're floating around oh. whilst copulating. Google that word, okay. youngsters. Uh, anyway, yeah, big fan of Moonraker back in the day. Oh yeah. Two for three, Matt. You're still you're still doing great, bud. All right, Matt. The long crisp bread loaf, a specialty of French bakeries, is called a crouton. Crouton, man. False. Correct. It is a, a baguette. Um baguette, monsieur. Uh-huh. Remember the time I rode a bicycle with a baguette in my underarm? <laughs> Whenever they show somebody shopping, yeah, going grocery shopping in movies, there's always a baguette. Always a baguette. And some celery. Yeah. Well, Bloody Marys and, yes, you know, got to soak it up with the bread. All right, Matt, your last one. Late rocker David Bowie's real name was Marvin Hamlish. <laughs> True on that one. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, it was David Jones. Oh. Dave, David Jones. All right. Davy oh, Jones. Uh, oh, well. be, and and thank he had to change it because of the monkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, David. There was another Davy Jones. <laughs> Marvin Hamlish. Wow. Can't remember the last Hamlish <laughs> reference I got. That's fantastic. Right, Three Matt. for five, Matt. That is not bad, brother. Yeah. That's Hall of Fame numbers if you're in the if you're playing baseball. So, um, you know yeah, what? Yeah. We're gonna put you on ice for a minute. We'll uh, bring contestant number two on. Candace, who is contestant number two? Charlie from YZ. As my dad would say, Charlie. Good morning, sir. How are you? 
Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks. All right. We got Judas Priest tickets for you if you are ready to shock the monkey. All right. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Number one, Long Island teenager Amy Fisher in 1993 had an affair with an auto mechanic and shot his wife, Mary Jo. That man's name was Joey Tribbiani. I'm going false. Correct. It was, of course, Joey Butterfuco. You are correct, sir. The mechanic was Joey Butterfuco. Watch your mouth. That's <laughs> funny. Love Tony talks like that. Fun to say. Well, you're, I like you too, doll face. Wow. <laughs> Hang on. No, no. How would Marvin Hamlish say that? <laughs> that was a very troubled individual. There you have it. Number two, the most powerful breakfast cereal in America is Frosted Mini Wheats. Most powerful. I'm going to go false. Correct. It is Cheerios. Actually, I meant to say popular. I wrote powerful I, for some reason. I was, yeah, I had questions. Powerful. <laughs> I had, I had a lot of questions. I, I would have gone with Wheaties if it was most powerful. It's the power in Cheerios. Man, Charlie just brushed that off like it was, like it was a, a, a mosquito on a motorcycle. He didn't care. All right, I sense the confusion. Two for two, Charlie. Number three, the tango is an iconic sensual dance that originated in Sweden. That's false. Correct, it was Argentina. That's right. No, it was the wango that originated in Sweden. Totally different dance. Right. Tony miswrote that one as well. Right. I'm from Sweden, so. Hook your leg around my leg. Wow. Did, did, do you know what tikka-toka-toka means? Of course. Okay. All right, number four, when California brought back the death penalty in 1992, the first inmate to be executed's last meal request was a tombstone pizza. Mm-hmm. I'll go true on that one. Correct. Wow. Specifically wow. wanted a tombstone. Man. <laughs> I, I like the way that guy was thinking. Don't, don't care for his other work, but... <laughs> Charlie, you're four for four. I mean, let's just, spoiler alert, you've already won the Judas Priest tickets, but let's see if you can run the table. All right. All right, Chaz. After many years of anticipation, Guns N' Roses finally released an album in 2008 titled Chinese Checkers. I believe that's correct. No! No, oh, so close. It was Chinese oh, democracy. Chinese democracy. Oh, yes, oh, I was the up, yep. <laughs> oh, cripes. You got the first word in there. Charlie, four for five is still enough to go, my friend. That is May the 2nd at the Armory, Judas Priest. Matt, you went three for five, and that's good enough for Australian Pink Floyd tickets, June the 5th at the Orpheum. And uh, I, we all know Judas Priest, we all know their badass band. Australian Pink Floyd also is supposed to be fantastic. Thank you both, gentlemen. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, that works. They, uh, mm -hmm. Incorporate the didgeridoo in that show, the Australian Pink Floyd band. <laughs> They, I, touch. Yeah, but, I, you know, that didgeridoo, and props to anybody that can make that sound like anything other than a airplane engine from the 40s. Didgeridoo, right. Yeah. It just sounds like you're watching a, the, the movie, you know, The Longest Day. And here come the B-17s. Anybody else ever play B-17 Bomber on Intellivision? Remember the old hey, Intellivision, Intellivision video game systems? No. Okay, there was Atari that had Pong yeah. and stuff, and then Intellivision right. came out, and it was like 
a huge upgrade because their baseball game, it was stick figures running at a blip that was supposed to be a baseball. <laughs> a blip. And, uh, and, the, and it had real-life action sounds like the ump who would go, you're out. <laughs> and we thought, we were like, man, this is like Star Wars. It was yeah. incredible. <laughs> It was literally a stick would a stick would hold a stick and swing at a blip and then he would run to the thing at first and then if the throw from the shortstop stick got to the first base stick in time, you're out. And it, I mean, we we man, we were literally like, this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> in television. But they had a game on a television called B seventeen Bomber, and when you would start the game, the voice went B seventeen Bomber, like. For some reason, they had, uh, I guess it was like the character from Dr. Strangelove at the end of that. You know, what was, what was his name? The oh, guy. yeah. Rides Slim Pickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Going with that kind of vibe. Oh, the Intellivision was, was man, that was like such an upgrade. <laughs> does sound kind of familiar. We were poor farm kids. We were just lucky to have Atari. Uh, well, hey, listen, big guest coming up here at 8 o'clock, Eric Andre, Dan Curry of the Eric Andre Show. New book, Dumb Ideas, a behind-the-scenes expose on making pranks and other stupid creative endeavors and how you can also, t- I feel like I've just read the book. Coming up at 8, hang tight. <laughs> it's the KQ Morning Show, 92 KQRS. Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devani's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed? They're the large order experts you can count on. Order online at Devani's.com. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. It's KQ Morning Show, Wednesday, November the 15th. You, if you're not listening right now, or if you're not going to be listening in a few minutes, can always pick it up as you like. Stream 92 KQRS on your phone wherever you go. And if you got to wait till later, just search the App Store for 92 KQRS. You can listen anytime to the podcast of this very show at your leisure. We're trying to make it easy for you, folks. That's how we do it here. In a few moments, Eric Andre and Dan Curry are going to join us on the show. Eric Andre, of course, the guy behind the Eric Andre Show. Dan Curry is his executive producer and head writer. And they have a new book out just in time for the holidays called Dumb Ideas. And if there is a more uh, appropriate title for a book written by those two men, I can't imagine what it would be. Big fan of the Eric Andre Show. Yeah, me too. I love him so much. He's a... He's a special boy. He's a special boy. Really? Did you check out the Righteous <laughs> Gemstones, his season, mm-hmm. uh, the second season when he had a big part in that? No, Pretty great. I better. Really? Yeah, you should. Yeah. Pretty great stuff. Okay. Uh, Eric Andre and Dan Curry momentarily joining the show. In the meantime, um, what, what, what what were we on about here today, guys? I'm drawing a blank. I was so excited to talk to these guys. I forgot where we are. It's Your Wednesday. Passion for snakes. Oh, stop with the snakes. <laughs> My God. 
There's <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing worse than a snake story. Uh, at least, th thankfully, most of the snakes that we talk about are in Australia. And that is part of my deal here. I said we can only talk about snakes if there's an ocean between us and them. No, that's actually, actually not true. I did see something the other day. And as is always the case, I go right down the snake rabbit hole. My fear pulls me in like a magnet. And a woman was giving a whole lecture and teaching people how to find uh, pythons in the Everglades, how to, how, to, how to find them and then remove them humanely from the planet. Oh, okay. And I literally watched the whole thing thinking, I might need to know this. Do you have any bad dreams about snakes? Yes. Oh, regularly. Really? Yeah. I have two. The, the bad dreams I have at this stage of my game, snakes, and then I still have occasionally uh, a tornado dream, and it's not a big one. It's a little one. It's about my height, and it's just chasing me. Mm -hmm. That's that's true. I've had that. I've had that for my whole life. I don't remember does it not have having blonde hair. What well, does not have blonde hair? No, it. Uh, <laughs> no, those are my Tasmanian devil dreams. That the Tasmanian ah. devil has blonde hair. The tornado, no, it's just a little gray, a little gray wispy little thing. Just I'm the only one that knows it's there. And I'm like, oh, why is no one else running? Kind of cute. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. I got. I'm not. I'm not about to say I don't have issues. Okay. Look, as much as I like to act like I know what's going on, not just a mess. Oh, you're a mess. I mean, you're the guy who already referenced codependent no more earlier on the show, Tony. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you, you were you were kind of laughing about the fact that a guy had that thing on the table, and I was like, that book saved my life right. in 1997. Well. Hey, that's how it goes. All right, Eric Andre and Dan Curry are joining us on the KQ Morning Show right now, uh, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thanks for calling in so early. But I got nothing. Fellas. Morning. There they are. Oh, fault. good to hear from you. We had a technical glitch, but you're here. Uh, okay, so you, okay, what's going on here? You've done it all, TV, film, and now you need a Pulitzer? Is that what's happening? We've done it all. <laughs> what's left to be said? Yeah, we only went into this for the Pulitzer. That's and, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's we why I signed up. Pulitzer on. first. And we, we reverse engineered a book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was saying earlier, I, I if, if somebody came to me and said, there's a book out called Dumb Ideas, who do you think wrote it? I, I don't think it would take too long to come around to, I bet it was Eric Andre and Dan Curry. <laughs> Perfectly titled. Yeah. <laughs> how, how how hard is it? How, you, you guys have been doing this together for quite a while. How, how hard is it to surprise each other at this point? Or is that even a possibility? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if it's about surprising, surprising each other. I think it's about making each other laugh and mm -hmm. smile. Okay. Yeah. And click our little heels. I think you can always come up with jokes. I don't think jokes ever run out. You know, comedy is a distortion of the truth. So as long as there's stuff bothering you, you're going to come up with a, a yeah, I'm almost, way to surprise. I'm almost never trying to surprise mm -hmm. anybody. I mean, Eric. Anyway, I, I think we have a good rhythm that we that we understand uh, what we both want to do. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't surprise him. <laughs> no surprises here. Surprise. He's very surprised right now because I had. A... How often uh, yeah, we're do playing you... peekaboo? How often when you guys are working an idea, a prank, a stunt, a piece of shtick, whatever you would call it, have you developed it fully and then realized, no, wait, we not even we can't even do this one? Does that ever happen? It happens all the time and not directly in that way, but it happens it'll happen where like we'll come up with something and, and uh you know, the legal department will shut it down or S and P will mm -hmm. 
stop it from happening. Standards and practices will stop practices. it from happening, or or, or, or uh, you know, we'll, we'll write something and we'll be dying laughing about it, and then our lawyer will call and go, uh, "That's a federal crime." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna prank Mike Pence on um, on his airplane, Air Force Two, or something, right? So we, and then we had to sign our lives away. You know, you, we were there. We got access to get on the Air Force Two in 2016. But if you go on Air Force Two and you get in trouble, you they can just send you to Guantanamo forever. That was sort yeah. of like the inference. So it was like, let's not do it. Probably, yeah. a, probably a good choice in hindsight. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like it. Um, there's a chapter in your book, Dumb Ideas, uh, called "The Dumbest Idea Ever." Uh, what was the, yeah. what, did it take a while to figure out what the dumbest idea ever was, or was this one just clear cut and you knew it going in? That's the dumbest one ever. No, it's retrospect. <laughs> okay. it's, it's me uh, thinking about how what's the stupidest thing I've ever done, and then that. But it's the hard. It's also the hardest you've ever laughed. Correct. It's yeah. all the, the hardest I ever laughed. Yeah, I never laughed harder in my life when I was. When I was well, like, you want to tell our audience. You want to tell your. Tell our audience what, uh, yeah. what made you well, laugh. I think you, what I think you, you slap your knee. So you know, <laughs> I think I think we, we I discovered I realized this a few years ago. You had, like someone asked me what's the hardest you ever laughed. And it was like before I met Eric, I was like fourteen, and a friend of mine and I we just put a speaker out a window and we plugged a microphone into it. And we farted into the microphone into the neighborhood, and the whole neighborhood heard. Yeah. Like, you know, hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of people, but hundreds of people heard gigantic farts. And I, I, I it was so stupid and shameful, but I cried laughing <laughs> for like days. How old, I, I, how, how old were you at the time? I was like 14. Very good. <laughs> And I just like I like convulsed, and I was like that was shamed, but also like happy. It yeah. was actually two. It was actually two weeks ago. Dan did this. Was two weeks ago. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, early in the book, and and I guess it's the forward. You write when it's time to create. Never forget to give your lower brain a good squeeze and give a fair shake to the juice that drips out of your mouth. No matter who you are, dumb ideas are a low cost and infinite resource. That is. That's basically the the mantra of radio, uh, and and I'm happy to see that that's what's working for you guys. Keep it simple and keep it stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like uh, comedy and art is primal and intellectual. If you're too hoity-toity and mealy mouth about it, um, you're not really um, uh, playing for anybody but yourself. It's sure. kind of masturbatory. So. Uh, uh, having dumb ideas is a way to channel your inner child, your inner id. And if you can make a caveman or a cavewoman laugh, you're on to something. Um, I, well, I, I guess I, you know, the caveman in me has been laughing for years. And you, you, when you said the hardest you ever laughed, it just immediately dawned on me. Um, when I saw the, uh, the, the episode in Paris with the Je suis Charlie shirt and you just falling around and chasing the, I, I, it's been forever since I've saw it. Uh, that I, I, I stared at my TV and I didn't, I didn't laugh for the first few minutes because I, I couldn't. I was, it was internally laughing so hard <laughs> that I couldn't even like breathe. It made no sense to me. And, and I, and the, yeah. but, but, but the funniest thing to me when it was over, 
and I I went back and when you when just the intro Paris the city of love the city that never sleeps the city of angels right there and I was like that why, for whatever reason on that given day I I I, I all but pissed myself and it was fantastic I think that's a great example of what you're talking about I'm glad that you re- reached into the reached into the annals and found uh, that episode that's a deep deep I think it's the B-side. An- yeah the annals uh, it's the annals it's the annals yeah, <laughs> they changed yeah. it recently. Webster and uh, Mary Merriam Webster came out recently, and they said they're a little more chill. That makes me. That makes me happy. It is Uranus. Can I just say it? It's not Uranus. It's Uranus. Sure. The planet. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, everyone knows that. Well, some people are trying to like take the power back and call it Uranus, so the kids don't laugh at school. <laughs> but it's not true. Despite human that everyone calls is actually coming. Really? That's, <laughs> that, that's what I heard. The greatest spice of all. The, made made <laughs> better now well, by this new realization. <laughs> hey, Eric. Um, hey, Eric. It's Candace. I just wanted to say I love you and my little brother and I love you too. And it's his birthday today. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could say happy birthday oh. to him. His name's Luke. What's his, what's his name? Luke. Luke, happy birthday. Brother, cool. man, how old is he? Uh, 22. So. Luke, double yeah. juice. Juice <laughs> wow. good. Drink up, baby. <laughs> yeah. What else can you do at 22? Rent a car. <laughs> Not yet. Go to a shooting range. No. You can't rent a car until you're 25. 25, uh, yeah, man. So I don't know. Well, just drink. Drink up, Luke. <laughs> drink Enjoy up, it. Luke, and read dumb ideas. Yep. I guess yep. that's that's where this is all headed. Yep. Uh, the book by Eric Andre yeah. and Dan Curry is available Everywhere as of yesterday, Simon and Schuster. Man, that's big time. I, I've even heard of Simon and Schuster. Well done, fellas. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> that's a, the way to get our Pulitzer. Uh, it's yeah. it's just this, you know, the the the. Oh, before Dan, I did want to ask you one thing. I read in there you said you played bass in a. Oh, punk, you're breaking up. You played bass in a punk band as a kid, Dan. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I played I played bass in like a hardcore punk band. Yes. There's a lot of crossover, a lot of guys in bands, a lot of comedians. Uh, they jump, they jump tracks and go back and forth. It, is there a connection? Is there something in the brain of of a kid that wants to play bass in a punk band and, and go into comedy? Because I just there seems to be a lot of love between those two worlds. Sure, yeah, it's performative. You know, you want to be uh, in front of people. Like in all uh, music, I, I I love music, but I'm not. I, I'm kind of tone deaf, and I'm not very good mm-hmm. at it. You know, I appreciate it a lot. So, like, comedy was a little, it was, not that it was easier, but it was, uh, I, I found it to be more minimal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to rely on less people. Like, a band is a lot of it, like, multiple personalities. Sure. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm just not very good. I'm not a very good musician. Like, not a lot of people will tell you that. But I, I, I'm a rock, I'm just not good. We no. have to rap for over <laughs> My guitar player overplayed my bass play, like on the demo. That was the secret. Sure. Like, I, I was like, oh, well, bass play was really good. It was like, oh yeah, but he over he overdubbed me. It's that, really did he? It's that self awareness yeah, that sets no, on, you apart. On, on a song, yeah, I, I can't even find the demo, but it's just like, yeah, on one song he did for sure. That's an E two brute kind of moment. Yeah, but we got to wrap really guys. Good Eric Andre right, and Dan Curry. Well, we have more. The book is available everywhere. It's called Dumb Ideas. Gentlemen, thank you for taking the time. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank Thank you, Dr. Steve. See ya. Thank you for having us. You got it. Man. That was silly.
That's I thought silly. the stuff that was way over time was the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got to keep you just got to keep you know circling the drain yeah. until something starts to pop. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I just like we got to rap. We got to rap so bad. There's uh there are a lot of things in in this book. They have a bunch of philosophical quotes from made-up philosophers. Yeah. And my favorite that I saw was uh <laughs> attributed to Ekaterina Nikolev and the quote is to assume a terrible lie is to become a liar in one's own brain and the pope of one's own toxic religion of solitude. Well said. <laughs> That's a good refrigerator magnet right there. <laughs> that would work for me. I'm laughing because I don't know what it means. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I, okay. I'm trying to think of the first time I saw the Eric Andre show, but oh I do God. know that I, I did. Like several times, I've seen episodes... Especially if you're tired or jet lagged, then that, that that's when I'm at my most vulnerable to that kind of comedy. Oh yeah, I will I will have tears just flying out of my <laughs> face watching that show. And uh, but the first time I watched it, it was one of those things where I really didn't laugh like out loud. I was just, what am I seeing? Like I couldn't right. even process how completely insane it was. Um, but he had, yeah, a, so, he had uh, a movie that uh, he, mm-hmm. God, I can't remember the title of it, but it was uh, part hidden camera, part scripted. Uh, what the the Netflix movie is that the one you're talking about? Probably, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. I I just I just lost the name of it too. It did very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a huge success. I I didn't see it. I just I just heard all about it. It's, I got I got to put it on now. I got to put it on the queue. Now uh-huh. I'm excited to watch it. All right, fair and, enough. You knew it was over when. Beep, 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 beep. Is that, are they just hitting a key? To, they have a special tone button, or are they just hitting the keypad? I like that. I don't know. It, I tell you what, I tell you what when, I, when I hear the beeps, I just think to myself, I'm going to settle in. You're going to beat me? I'm trying to talk to these two guys? Uh, no. I was trying to express my love to him, and maybe you that were. just made him mad. I was jealous. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they were hitting the button. I don't know. But no, they didn't They didn't pull up, you know. All right. Well, we were talking earlier this morning. You knew it was over when. We have something up on the KQ Facebook page. Of course, we always love to hear from you. We're social creatures like that. If you want to jump on the KQ Talk and text line, 651-989-ROCK. You knew it was over when. I love what... Zebulon wrote this morning. When I followed my wife to a sex club and watched her being railed by 14 furries, you knew it was over. What? 651 989 Rock. Hang tight. Love your show. It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show for Wednesday, November the 15th. You know, during that commercial break, during the music break we just had, uh, we just heard Black Water by the Doobie Brothers. And uh, off mic, Candace and Tony and I were doing the three-part harmony there at the breakdown. And I'm just going to come right out and tell you, we sounded terrible. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was Wait magical. Nice. Carpenters <laughs> covering the Beatles terrible? Uh, or? No, no, no. Way worse. Way, way worse. Oh, right. if, if there was ever a moment when Zep made the right choice to not be in the room, that was it. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm that, sorry, I missed it. We I'm almost, recording it, we almost got the dog to howl for the first time in his life. <laughs> that was that was not, not, not good. We're hey, talking Alex. speaking of not good, we're talking about moments when you knew it was over. The KQ Facebook page has exploded with comments. <laughs> and I, I'm going to the first comment I'm going to read, someone did write, it's turning into the Jerry Springer show here now, which yeah. yeah. It sure is. Uh, Barb wrote, the moment he said, I love you, Jackie, and my name is Barb. Ooh. 
That's, oh. that's just that just says it all right there. Yeah, yeah, it's not close. I did the Maria Mariah, but that's not close. No, it's not even close. It's really not. Uh, let's see. Um, I knew it was over when the program director asked me to close the door behind me as I walked into his office ten minutes before my air shift. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you I know, I've only been bounced off of one radio gig. Well, that's not true. What am I talking about? Two times I've been told you're done. And the first time, aren't you only ha- haven't you only had two before? Well, you, well this? yeah, yeah. They both. Had, they, well, well, one, one guy, one when it was a local show, the guy said, "We got to take a break." I was about to go on tour, but he said, "Hey, just pull the plug, and when you come back at the end of the year, then we'll reboot the show." And and my response is, "Nah, I'm good. I just was ready to, you know." Yeah. But that, but but when uh, when I was at Fox Sports Radio. Um, they they said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna replace you guys, and I said, okay. well, long story short, I got I got hired to do a sports talk radio show by Fox Sports Radio, and and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, it was just a funny, <laughs> had a funny local show. It was kind of goofy. It wasn't really sports talk, but it was kind of sports talk. And the guy that hired us said, no, that's great. We want something totally different. Total, and so that was very different. We stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, down the road, someone else came in to take over the network, and they were like, what? What is your show? This doesn't make any sense. And I was like, "Well, it's not really sports talk." And he goes, "Well, we're trying to get sports talk." And and I mean, he wasn't at all duplicitous about it. He's like, "I don't get it." And he said, "I'm going to find something else to replace you with." One, you know. And I said, "Okay, cool." And it took years. It was like for for three years they were like, "Yeah." As soon as we find something, and it was just funny. They kept renewing us. It was fine, but there was always this thing in the background. And finally, one day he called. He goes, "Okay, we're we're finally going to make the move." And I was like, "Cool." And then and then I knew exactly when it was going to end i was able to say thanks and goodbye and i got off the air and i heard from all these people they were like they told you ahead of time and i was like yeah and then i found out how rare that was in radio because oh, apparently yeah. they really mm-hmm. love to tell you right after your last show that that was your last show mm-hmm. yeah that right was news last, to me yeah or, or when you come in back from vacation that was the big thing it was like they almost wanted to set a precedent in this business and that was a long time ago and i don't think it was really practiced here at kq i don't have a recollection of it but mm-hmm. it would happen often and i knew a lot of djs that didn't want to take vacation because when they got back they'd walk into the station oh hey jack could you slide on into the office for a second and uh, grab the door why don't you yeah, keep that time off going I knew it was over. <laughs> Dating-wise, there's only one time I, I can re- You know, there were a few, hey, I love you, and like, oh, maybe I'm not that far into this. But the mm-hmm. uh, moment I knew it was over is I went out and had a lovely date uh, with a gal. I-, I started thinking during the date that, you know, it sounds like a cop-out, but I wonder if I'm your type. You know, you seem really together and cool. I wonder if I'm the guy for you. But anyway, uh, she said, well, you know, I'd like to get together on Friday night. I said, oh, you know what? I have my daughter's Friday night, single dad dating, but I have my girl's Friday night. And we're kind of having a special dinner. So, uh, but let's uh, try and get together again soon. At the door while oh, we're having no. dinner. Oh, boy. Oh, I wonder who that could be. It was her, no. and she brought a little something over oh. to meet the girls no, on no, date no. number two. Yeah. That's, That's like yeah. play Misty for me. Right. Let her in. We sat down. The girls are just staring at me like, Dad. I'm looking at him like, I don't That's yeah. I don't know. It's your new mommy. Um, no, but that was yes. uh, then. That was that was the end of that. No, it was over immediately. That was just like Play Misty for me, except it wasn't Clint Eastwood in a cool convertible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, right. just like it. I did not have I had an old beat-up truck, but not a cool convertible at the time. Uh, as we mentioned regularly on the show, there's all kinds of travel problems. Uh, a, a, a dear friend of mine 
Uh, I heard from this morning. She's been at the Denver airport since yesterday, just trying to get a flight. You know, things happen. Things get in the way. She said she was like 16 hours into why am I not on a plane yet? Uh, A plane did leave JFK uh, last week. A cargo plane left JFK safely for a flight to Belgium, but then they had to turn back around because a horse got loose. On an airplane <laughs> over the Darn Atlantic it. Ocean, a horse. Emotional support horse on let's, the plane, was that the deal? Yeah, let's start right there. First of all, there's a horse on the plane that's not, clearly not doped up to the gills. If I'm flying a horse, I'm putting that thing right. down, and I'm laying down some hay, and I'm drugging that thing because I don't yeah. want a horse walking around. And I realize that compared to a giant cargo plane, a horse is not a big deal. But to me, a horse is going to upset the apple cart. A horse is going to make that plane plane fly sideways if it's galloping around. <laughs> right. But literally, a plane left JFK and a horse got loose. And now again, it was but it was carrying a bunch of animals. It was a cargo plane full of animals, and a horse broke out of its stall, couldn't be secured. Air traffic control gets the call from the pilot. He goes, "Well, I mean, we're not in danger, but we have to. We can't secure the animals, so we gotta land. Yeah, the plane little... has to turn around. Listen to this. Yeah. Atlanta four five nine two, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, we are a cargo plane. Uh, we have live animal horse on board the airplane, and the horse managed to escape his stall. Uh, we don't have a, a problem as of flying wise, but we need to return return back to New York. We cannot." Get the horse back secure. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, my my experience tells me that horse knew what was going on, and this is a true story. I have eaten horse meat once in my life, and it was in Belgium. Oh. I have so, too. In Italy, oh. I ate it. So really? I think maybe that horse mm-hmm. got wind of what was going on. You had horse meat in Italy, yep. Candace? One night, my roommates came home. We're going to try something different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> well, that was authentic. Wow. That sounds exactly <laughs> like it. You know, the equestrian. Yeah. What did they serve it with? Was it like a roast? Was it in a stew? Nope. Horseradish. Steak, man. <laughs> yeah, I had it. There was a series of things brought to the table, and there was a. I just took a few bites of what I thought was a kind of a tough steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy was like, uh, you know, I, I don't do a Flemish accent, but he basically was like, and how do you like your horse? And I was like, ha, ha, not so much now. Yeah. Yeah, Could have just kept that to yourself. It. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> there oh, he that is. sounds like a real nightmare. Oh, there you go. That's pretty That's strong. Right. I was in, this in the headline. I just had to no, I throw it, it in there. Get I might out! get a rim get shot. Out, I'm going to have to bring my own. <laughs> I just may after that one. That's that's bad. Almost as, got, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Sorry. Almost as bad to me. Uh, I'd, I'd rather be on a plane with a loose horse than be on a plane with a loose gospel singer who insists on singing her <laughs> Grammy-nominated gospel tune before takeoff. This happened over the weekend, but uh, I saw this the other day, and I, I didn't get around to it. But now that I'm thinking about a horse loose on the, on the plane, um, a woman who is literally nominated for a couple of Grammys for a gospel tune was on a Delta flight. And here's the craziest part of the story. Not that she insisted on singing her gospel song, not to the delight of any other passengers, but to the complaints. People are like, hey, chill. We're trying to take off. The flight attendants came over and they said, ma'am, you've got to stop singing. We're not going to take the plane off with you sitting here, you know, caterwauling <laughs> about whatever it is you want to sing about. There's a video of it. That she posted herself saying, can yeah. you believe they wouldn't let me sing on this flight? <laughs> I think 
I, I, and I guess it makes sense. If you think it's a good idea to just start belting out uh, you know, hymnals on the flight as it's taken off, then you would also think it's a good idea to let the world know you thought it was a good idea. Well, maybe she <laughs> sold a couple of CDs out of the deal. We have the flight leader. Who's the flight leader? Is that just... Sounds like somebody gets uh, nominated when you get on. Okay, Steve, you over there mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 15A. You're going to be the flight leader for this flight. Asking her several times to take your seat. Please be quiet. It's not a disturbance. Have a seat. I am. Okay. Have a seat. So I just found out I'm up for two Grammys. Okay. My very first time, you guys. My name is Bobby Storm. I sing for the Lord, and my song is out on all platforms. It's called We Can't Forget Them. I want to share this with you guys. I wanted to do it when I first got on the plane, but I haven't done this in a while, so. Are you able to be quiet? But they're enjoying it, so while we're sitting here, <laughs> could I please? I'm not enjoying it, so I'm asking you, can you be quiet? Okay, well, that's I find yes, that up. That's a yes or no answer, please. Am I going to go to jail if I don't? Can you please answer my question? Are you willing and able to be quiet right now? I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm asking you a question, yes or no. I'm your flight leader. I need you to follow my instruction. Okay. My instructions for you to answer my question. Are you able to be quiet? What do you guys think? I'm asking you, ma'am. I'm asking you guys. If you're not able to to follow my instruction, you will not be taking this flight. Ah, okay. Are you able to be quiet? If that's the case, then that's fine. All right. Thank you. You know, I think I like Bobby Storm. Who's the flight leader? Jeez. Dude, taking that flight leading responsibility a little uh, a little too seriously, I, aren't you? No, no, no. The minute someone says, I'm doing yeah. what the Lord is telling me to do, yeah. I'm like, okay, and what if they tell you to go grab the captain around the throat and rip his yeah. gullet out? Uh-huh. I mean, hey, did you hear this? Uh-uh. You make, a, you make a good point. Yeah, the singing alone, I don't want to hear on the plane. God bless you. I'm sure this lady can belt out a tune, but I'm not on the plane. I didn't buy a ticket for a show, you know? I've got my noise-canceling headphones, but I, I just want to check out. I don't want to disturb it. But, yeah, you can't bring up bomb or the lord on a plane <laughs> and don't reach saying. out to the crowd too you know she's asking everybody what do you guys think is like, how's everybody doing tonight yeah yeah what what if what if she said that and everybody in a plane just all screamed please shut up right. what are you gonna yeah, but right. the, but guys the lord is telling me this uh-huh. i think as the flight leader i would have said all right show of hands who wants to hear it? if right. one person raises their hand you can't do it because it's that kind of fun. but yeah i don't know i wouldn't you just try and lighten up the moment but he came in very serious no, I, that's I, a yes or no question ma'am now sit down i i'm a big fan i i'm i'm waiting for the airline that that in, in that insists on no carry-ons whatsoever and everyone has to have headphones right that, that, that's i will fly it every time <laughs> no you know what check your bag wait for it at the other end suck it up and wear headphones no one speak to me no one spend eight hours trying to figure out where to put your stuff just get on the plane <laughs> we're getting into a tube and we're going to go thirty thousand feet off the ground i don't need any yeah. hijinks how about when they close the door, just a light tranquilizing mist like that, they have in the movies sometimes? Yeah. Ooh, I <laughs> and like that. it just dozes off. Man, can you imagine? So nice. That'd be great. Um, I, I am all for nitrous oxide air. Just, just <laughs> you know, whip, whip <laughs> it airlines. Nitrous oxide air, that's nitrous brilliant. Air. Whip it airlines. I would. Oh. Are you kidding me? You hear that Devo song playing as you suck down a couple of whippets oh. in your seat? Next thing you know, you're in <laughs> Topeka. you had Branson money. I'd invest oh, my $128 into it. Thank no, you, Jesus. No doubt about it. All right. Well, we haven't heard from uh, a crazy good, crazy fun, you know, a good crazy guy story. We got a couple of them. We got a flat earther out there that literally had an answer. You can't argue 
with this flat earther. I, I know for a fact that the earth is a globe, but I could not win an argument with this guy. And then we got a, then we have a man, a former city official out in Oregon uh, that believes in giants and uh, believes he saw a giant. All that coming up here at 9 o'clock. Huh. Hang tight. Oh, golly. Who can understand that? It's the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. Devani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities, has been family-owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Whether it's team gatherings, family meals, work lunches, or just craving familiar comfort food, Devani's is your trusted go-to. If you're looking for delivery, takeout, or somewhere to dine in, they've got you covered. Do you have a large group to feed? They're the large order experts you can count on. Order online at Devani's.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Zip, Tony, Candace, and Steve Gorman are the KQ Morning Show. 92 KQRS. It's Wednesday, November the 15th. That was the Georgia Satellites Keep Your Hands to Yourself, which in February of 1987 was the number one song in America. And it happened to be the number one song in America the day I took a Greyhound bus to Atlanta, Georgia, the home of the Georgia Satellites, to start my own band. And I remember thinking, hey, they're from here and they made it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they were also old because they were all almost 30. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So literally, like the guys in the satellites, those guys are old. They're like 29, 30. I was 21, and I got into a band pretty quickly where I was the oldest guy in the band. And so the satellites were like those oldsters. Craziest story I know of for a band getting a record deal, and that is that the Georgia Satellites, which were uh, originally a bar band in Atlanta called just the Satellites, in the late 70s, early 80s, playing around town, and then they broke up, as bands do. And the singer, Dan Baird, went off and started a new band. And the guitarist, Rick Richards, he went off and started his own new band. And they were done. And after a year of not having played music together, at least, a friend of theirs, a guy that had loved the Satellites, took some demos they had made over to England and acted as their manager and got them a British recording deal. Oh, I'll represent this band of Georgia Satellites, and we got this, and it's rock and roll. And he landed a deal. And then he flew back to Atlanta and called them and said, I got you guys a deal. And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? We've been broken up. <laughs> and literally, they released an EP in the in England, and it got a ton of attention, and people loved it. And then Electra Records is suddenly like, let's give these guys a massive recording contract. <laughs> and they had literally broken up with no intention of ever playing together again. And suddenly, they're back together. Uh, and not just the satellites, but the Georgia satellites. And then they put that record out, and that song goes to number one. I mean, I mean, a completely unexpected whirlwind a uh, few years for the for the Georgia satellites. Huh. Crazy, yeah. crazy. And then that friend of theirs who got them the record deal, then he let the Black Crows rehearse in his basement, and then he sued us, and we were on court TV <laughs> for two weeks in 1996. That's the guy. That's the guy. Oh, gotta, is that on YouTube? God. I gotta look that up. Oh yeah. yeah. Were oh, you yeah. on court TV? Yeah. I mean, every, did you have to uh-huh. attend every day for two weeks. I was the key witness. I was the only one that knew what the hell happened. That's fast. I watched it.
Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. Real highlight of my life. I, I nice drew a, suit. I drew a doodle on a cocktail, cocktail napkin to make fun of a guy, and he said it was a contract, and next thing you know, we're all in court. Yeah, it was fun. Rock and roll's fun. Don't ever let them tell you anything <laughs> different. But uh, let me tell you something. How weird is it? Can you imagine if a song that sounded like that was number one on the pop charts right mm-hmm. now? That's not like a number one rock track. That was like Casey Kasem from Atlanta, Georgia, the Georgia Satellites with Keep Your Hands to Yourself. I mean, <laughs> the, only part, the only part of that whole trial that actually was kind of funny was in the opening argument of the trial. The guy that was suing us, his attorney, and he hired an old cracker who talked like this to the jury. And he talked about the music industry. He was like a Matlock extra, you know. (laughs) And uh, he said in his opening statement, he said, my client understands music, has a gift for music. He's responsible for the Georgia Satellites having a career and their big hit song, Keep Your Hands Off of Yourself. That's what he said in the opening <laughs> argument. And we were like, oh, That's man. That's parody right there. We have left the world as we know it now. And, uh, yeah, and for a few weeks, uh, it was a pretty weird time. Where's that napkin today? Uh, I don't know. That guy ha- kept had it. He had it during the trial. Mm-hmm. I imagine he I – c- I couldn't tell you. Man, the things you do drunk when you're 24 years old. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, but you know what? Uh, you know, you live and learn. Unless, of course – you're a completely crazy person, and you think that there's giants everywhere you go. Yeah. And I'm referencing <laughs> mm-hmm. the fact that a gentleman in Oregon who uh, is, is, is a known entity in, in, uh, in, in, in Portland, in, in Sweet Home, there's a town called Sweet Home. He's a city council member or a former city council member in Sweet Home, Oregon, and he posted a video on TikTok where he explains how, when, and where he spotted an actual mythical giant. There. This is a real thing. Right up there. That thing was open. It opened completely up, and then it closed back up. And there's a little slot in it right up there. You can see that little slot where it looked like somebody was staring out of. Dude, giants are freaking real. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> All right, for reference, yeah, he's pointing to the top of a mountain. You yeah. Know, like a little ridge up there. Yep. And of course, that's where the giants live. They live inside the mountain, and he had opened up the mountaintop, and then, or he could kind of peek then through a couple of holes up there, a couple of little small caves, and that's where the giant looked out. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I have. It opens completely up, and then it closed back up. And there's a little slot in it right up there. You can see that little slot where it looked like somebody was staring out of. The funny thing about these giants is they can't be captured on iPhone video. Oh. Amazing. They're elusive. Why uh, are they elusive? They're giants. Why don't they just rule the world? We should be the elusive ones. We're the the ants. They're giant shy people. I saw saw a giant once. uh, Well, I saw saw the same giant repeatedly (laughs) on a drive across the state of Nebraska. True story. I kept looking out the back windows of the bus I was on, the tour bus, and and it was just corn for miles and miles, cornfield after cornfield. And I kept seeing the same giant walking through the corn. And then I realized that giant looks just like my brother Dave, who's six foot six, pretty big man. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm on LSD. 
<laughs> That's why I'm seeing Dave in a cornfield repeatedly. I had him on the brain. I thought, I thought uh, you were cruising down 169 and saw the uh, Jolly Green Giant down there. Mm, yeah, we saw a giant about when we were in Nashville uh, at Santa's Pub. Remember that? A really, oh really God, tall guy. guy. Oh, yeah, he had to duck. He was just a tall yeah. guy. Um, mm-hmm. But Betty, sweet little Betty, our listener, came up to us and she's like, there's a giant in here. Well, <laughs> Betty is, I don't know, like yeah. a four foot two, I think. <laughs> She's well, like, you got to get a picture of me with him. I can tell you, people see a lot of funny things at Santa's Pub in Nashville, Tennessee, oh, late at night. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so named because it's always snowing inside, if you catch my drift. Oh, yeah. yeah snowing no, and no, smoking. And, smoky yeah. haze. No, no, no shortage of, uh, of, of snortables happening at Santa's Pub. I'm not surprised <laughs> to hear you miscreants found yourselves there when you were in town. These things no, happen. We, we behaved ourselves. Did we? <laughs> That's the first time I heard uh, Tony Lee sing Kentucky Rain. And Hot damn. Yeah, that was a, that was a high watermark for me. <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, doing station gigs go, I don't know that uh, I had a greater moment than that. Some <laughs> awful friendly patrons there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. Were. Yeah, it's basically yeah. a double-wide trailer right there. Uh-huh. You, you guys wouldn't recognize that neighborhood now. The soccer stadium's across the street. It's oh. all built up. What? No. Yeah, yeah Santa's no, Pub no. is, I guarantee us, ah. there, there's developers are circling every day uh-huh. trying to buy them out, move them the, out somewhere else. The last bar I legally smoked in and had an ashtray for me, <laughs> and it was in the 2020s. There's yeah. about a 20 year break there. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different, it's a definitely a time yeah. warp uh, and I walking didn't, into didn't that place. I didn't smoke anymore, but I bummed to say, I'm like, you have ashtrays, people are smoking in here. May I bum a cigarette off you? Hell yeah, here you go. Tobacco is free down south, practically. Um, I love this. Speaking of crazy, that guy was uh, a bit over the top nuts, but this guy, this Jason Selvig is a comedian based in Las Vegas, and he loves to go out on the street and do man-on-the-street interviews, has his own uh, YouTube show, Jason Selvig. These aren't staged, but because it's Las Vegas, you can literally take a microphone out on the streets and run into any old wacko you like, and this guy is standing out there preaching about the flat earth. He's a flat earther. Now, uh, that that was a big thing a couple of years ago. There was even a couple of professional athletes, I believe one in the NBA, who said, no, nah, man, they really bought into this flat earth thing, started to get just a little bit of traction in the celebrity world, speaking of nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are people out there that really believe it. Now, how? I mean, it, it seems like the craziest thing in the world, right? Very easy to prove that we live on a globe and the sun is 92 million miles out there, but there's no arguing with this guy. If the earth is flat, where is the sun? It's 93 million miles away? When you say the sun, there is no the sun. Everybody has their own sun. There's a different sun for everybody. What do you mean a different sun? I don't understand that. There's a different sun here in Las Vegas than there is in New York? You're not looking at the same sun there, correct. So how many suns are there? As many people who are viewing it. Every individual person has their own sun? Correct. The sun's no more than 50 miles away at any given time. But wait a second. Airplanes go up in the sky. That's right. And it's like a rainbow. How come the sun doesn't get bigger when you're in an airplane? The closer you move to it, the farther it moves from you. It's like a rainbow. It's not like a burning ball of gas. What is the sun then? Cold. 
Sun is cold. Sun is cold. Well, they say there's no arguing with crazy. Well, hold on, hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they just reciting Grateful Dead lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks like he's been to a dead show or two. He's probably still at a dead show in that brain of his. Everybody's got their very own sun. It's only 50 miles away. I could totally hear that as a dead tune. <laughs> you Man. hit that dead note right there. That was, the, what was that? Kind of between a C and a... That's it's, what I think. It's, it's between the L and the S. That's what that is. That's, a, that's that D, right? Between the L and the S. Uh, not bad. Um, I, speaking of which, you ever see the dead? Yeah. I mean, the, the actual, like when Jerry was still alive, the Grateful yeah. Dead back in the yeah. day. Not alive. Yeah, I used to hang out with a bunch of deadheads. And uh, I wasn't as into them, but I loved going to dead sure, shows. Sure. You know, that sort of thing. So, so multiple uh, so, times then. Uh, yeah, I've seen the dead probably, you know, I had a buddy that I lived with for four and a half years, uh, that has, uh, you know, a big U-Haul box of dead, um, bootlegs. Uh, he would set up his own gear as the dead would let you do there and record them. And so I would tag along, uh, with him from time to time. So I probably saw, I don't know, 10 dead shows. I like to go to the outdoor festival ones you know where everybody and get just good and baked or stoned sure. whatever anyone just get high off dead music and then i always assumed it was just one long song i don't know if the song but it worked for me i don't hate dead music but you're not gonna find much of it in my mp3 player maybe trucking or sure you know tony, casey's song tony did you see the dead I have not followed the dead. No, never seen him live. Never saw him Had a live. cousin who followed him all over the country, though. I I saw him twice. That's all. And the, and it was um, one really doesn't count because actually we we played with the dead in '95 in the spring in Tampa, Florida. So we we played a set and then I went out and watched their set. But it was it you know it was like I was it wasn't like going to a show as a fan. It was like mm-hmm. we were already there and. But the one time I saw him where I went to the gig and experienced what that was like was the year before, in 94, they played Atlanta. They did like three or four nights at the Omni, the, the arena downtown. And it was the day a day of the show, and I was like, wait a minute. we, My wife and I were sitting there, and we're like, we've never seen the dead. We, we got to go see this. We got to go check it out. And called I called our tour manager. I was like, hey, call the promoter, see if there's any tickets. He said, you're all good to go. We go down to Will Call and pick up our tickets. And we got I opened the envelope, and there's four tickets. And there's just two of us. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And as we're walking to go into the arena, I look over and to one side, they have all the deadheads who are traveling that don't have tickets all assembled in a great unwashed mass. Just <laughs> a, just a several hundred just dirty deadheads all, yeah. and they're all sitting there with their fingers up because they're holding out for a miracle. You know, they're waiting mm-hmm. for someone to lay a ticket on them. And I understood the culture. And I said, oh, wait, I guess we're supposed to, we got two extra tickets. We should go lay them on some people. And I walk through the unwashed masses, and there's a couple, and they're sitting down next to each other, and they've got their arms wrapped around each other, and they're both like moaning, like they're in pain. And the guy's got his hand up, and they're just like whimpering, like, we'll never get in. We want to see him. And they're comforting each other, and they're just high as kites. And so I grab the two tickets, and I put them down in the guy's face. I go, hey, man, you looking for these? And the dude looks up, sees two tickets in front of him, grabs him. He and his girlfriend jump up like they have spring-loaded legs and, and immediately race past us without acknowledging anything about it. They are just sprinting to the door. 
and they run up, and the security guards like checking tickets, and the guys holding them like in your face, copper, like like waving <laughs> them, like shoving them in his face, like we got tickets, as if that cop had pre uh, that security guard. It's almost as if he had previously like you know like roughed them up or something the way they were acting, <laughs> and they disappear into the crowd. And Rosemary and I haven't even moved. We watch this whole thing like, and we're laughing like, man, that's really funny. And then we walk into the arena. And it's just I'd never seen it. I'd never seen the dead, so I was unaware that it's like you got twelve thousand people already spinning in place, no, yeah. and the pot smoke <laughs> is so thick. Yeah. And as I were walking to the seat, the show had just begun, and I'm thinking like, oh, this is what I thought concerts would be like as a kid. Like I just thought it would be this swirling mass of humanity, and everybody's stoned and tripping out, and it was a pretty cool vibe. And as we're getting to our seats, it, that's when it hit me. Oh wait, we're going to be sitting next to those people. Oh, like yeah, it didn't of even course. dawn on me that they yeah, would like... be the people we're sitting next to. What also I didn't understand is that no one's in their right proper seat. Like no one oh, no. in the dead show is paying attention oh, yeah. to aisle or seat number. They get the section and then from there it's a free for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't play that way. I'm like, no. <laughs> I got these two seats on this aisle and in case I need a quick egress, I'm taking my two seats and I'm yeah. standing there and there's these two people, and they're in our seat. I said, hey, these are our seats. He's like, yo, everybody's wherever they want to be, man. And I'm literally the guy. I go, no, move the hell out of the way. Yeah. So I, we take our two seats on the aisle, but then we forget about it. Go through the whole first set. The lights come up for the break, and we're standing there. And, oh, and I should mention that we were shrooming. And uh, so okay. we're having a good hey, time. Boy. We're totally yeah. in the vibe. The yeah. And then I hear this this yell, this visceral scream from primordial ooze to humanity. And I look down and three or four rows in front of me, it's the guy I'd given the tickets to. Oh. Yeah. And he had noticed me because looking back up to the arena with the lights on, he recognized me as the guy that bestowed this miracle upon him. Wow. And he screams from his the depths of his soul. Wow. And he leaps over the chairs in between us and jumps into my arms as if like like a scene from a movie like The Notebook. He wraps his <laughs> legs around me and burrows oh, his weird. head into my neck to hug me, <sighs> to give me the greatest hug in humanity's uh, history. I mean, That's the awesome. guy wouldn't let go. He smelled like a garbage dump. Yeah. <laughs> and he would not let go. And I literally, I'm walking this man into the aisle of an arena. I'm going, dude, dude, get off, let go. And I'm shaking him off of me. Mm-hmm. That's how much he loved me. Yeah, oh you're gosh. lucky. I mean, it's uh, giving a deadhead a free ticket, which I've done before, is almost like saving someone's life centuries ago. They're like then committed to. You're lucky he didn't follow you home. What if he oh, bought he him like a soft pretzel? He, yeah. No, he, he he did follow me home. I told I told you about him. His name's Art. He does all my yeah. handiwork. He's great. Yeah. He's been with me for thirty years now. That boy, Art. Yeah. All right. Wait, Steve. wait. I saw Bob Weir. Does okay. that count? It, it kind of counts. What year? Uh, like was two this? years ago. I, two years three, ago. I was working the show, and I remember I w- had to wake up really early for this show in the morning, and usually I could get out of there around 9, 9 30. And mm-hmm. nope, there was lots of smoke breaks. Uh, they would uh, exit the stage for a while and come back, and wow. then exit and come back and exit. It was long. Sure. It's cool, though. It was sure. Cool. No hate. Okay. No hate. No hate whatsoever. Uh, fun fact about Bob Weir. Played football in high school, and I saw that man on a beach in Florida throw a football 60 yards in the air on a dead strike to a guy running out for a pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, Wasn't last guy- the movie Point Break based loosely on his life? <laughs> I'd like to think it was. Johnny Utah. Sure. <laughs> anyway, fair enough. It's the KQ Morning Show. 
92KQRS. I'm Steve Gorman. This is the KQ Morning Show. Bad Company Rock and Roll Fantasy. Let's talk about rock and roll or just general life nightmares as in the things that are lurking in your refrigerator. Any idea what the oldest item in your fridge would be right now, Candace? if I went to your house and opened it, what do you think might be in there and how old might it be? Maybe some old cheese. Ooh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a couple months. Oh, a few couple months. months? I don't Come know. On. I'm pretty That's good nothing. about that stuff. I, I'm weird right. about dates. Yeah. Tony? Uh, some weird mustard that's probably yeah. a year old. A condiment. A, ye- a condiment. Yeah. A year a condiment. Old. Man, you guys are good. Condiment. I I um uh, the the mint flavored condoms. Those those last forever. Those those condiments are amazing. Um, I I also was gonna say mustard uh, probably in ours. The the fridge in Minnesota uh, fresh and and uh, with upkeep. The fridge down in Tennessee. Um, the cleaning it out every now and again. I mean, I've literally, without exaggeration, seen like a jar of olives or mustard five, six years past the date. Mm-hmm. Because when you got kids and then toddlers and then preteens and then teenage, and you're living, the, the fridge is busy. Yeah, Groceries are coming and going, and you pull something out of the bag. But oh wow, I didn't know that was back there. And then suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I bought that seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. And by the oh, way. Yeah. Never, ever have I been able to resist the urge to open it just to see. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. it's no good. You know you're going to throw it away, but I got to take a look in there. Zep, anything in your fridge you think that's oh. more than a couple years old? Uh, I wish you would have asked me this uh, some years ago before I started cohabitating with a, uh, you know, a, a, a civilian, uh, you know, someone who had their a woman. act together. A, a, ration, woman. a rational yes, adult being? Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, just yeah. uh, a girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, well, one, of the, uh, one of the grossest jobs I ever had. Uh, in when in, while in college, the summer of '86, I worked on campus for the summer, and right when the school ended, before I was doing basketball camps for Clem Haskins, who then be, was the, oh, came yeah. the Gopher coach that same year. Um, I was working at Clem Haskins basketball camp, so I was on campus all summer. Uh, this is the summer I broke both my arms, but before when I still had healthy unbroken arms, there was a couple weeks to kill. Uh, right when school ended, before the camp started, and I was assigned to go through the dorms and clean out all the refrigerators. My job was was, was getting the little in-dorm mini fridges up to snuff. Now, most of the food stuff had been removed. I wasn't throwing out food and cheese and all that because when you would check out of the room, they'd make sure you do that. But just wiping them down, unplugging them, defrosting them, wiping them down. And you know, like on the door of that little fridge, there's the, the, um, there's like the sealant, the thing that kind of squishes in. It's like a, you know, just it's, it's what the door shuts. It's just got some grooves in it. I don't know, you know, insulation, the rubber. Yeah. Thank you. The, those things are disgusting. Oh yeah. Just filled with so every spilled everything somehow ended yeah. up in those things oh, yeah. and i would do that job and and these refrigerators are you know they're tiny like you can put a six pack and like some cold cuts in there and that's mm-hmm. it and it would each one would take a solid hour of just wow. scrubbing got brushes and wearing gloves and sponges and i was it was, it was horrifying <laughs> yeah and i was like man this you were in this dorm for mm-hmm. a year i mean college people are oh, just mm-hmm. ugh. I had a, I lived in a place once. Uh, there was a new appliances when I moved in as a batch. When I moved out, they threw away the refrigerator <laughs> because they kept my. I was like, "Hey, do I get my deposit back?" She said, "Oh, I'm so glad you called, Brian. I've been waiting for this phone call. Um, actually, you owe us money because your deposit didn't. They had to throw away the oven too. They said. I thought that was." 
uh, an overreaction, but yeah, there's stuff in there that's stuck. Why do you make the inside of refrigerators white? It hides nothing. Yeah, no you know, kidding. Make it black, like you know, or mold oh, yeah, colored, whatever color that is. Yeah, black. Right, you Candace would buy one. Yeah. Candace, do you wear black on the outside because black is how you feel on the inside? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I believe we have a phone call, Candace. Okay. Uh, Tom from Mound. Tom, good morning, sir. What's happening? Good morning. Uh, you're talking about, like, old food? Sure. And uh, I was at work, and I was replacing the ceiling tiles. I don't know how I got assigned that job. Right. But, you know, like, the replaceable tiles. Sure. And I found a pack of Twinkies hidden up there. (laughs) Now, I don't know how old they were. Doesn't matter. I took them down, and I put them on the table, and they were gone the next day. Sure they were. Yeah. Yeah. Someone found my Twinkies. People have done, (laughs) I've seen things where people talk about Twinkies. They last literally for years. I mean, you can eat those things for years. Is that not correct, Tony? Yeah, yeah. As far as I understand, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. They just. Yeah. So that's my story about Twinkies. What were were they doing up there, though? That's the. That's the curiosity. Good question. Somebody was yeah. hiding them. Yeah. And did they start as Twinkies? Like, yeah. Not <laughs> letting anybody else take them. If you put them in the fridge, somebody's going to take them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Tom, yeah. thank you for the call, brother. Um, after my, my, uh, my, my mother-in-law passed away thir- over 30 years ago, and, and shortly after that happened, we were uh, at the house, and it was a very sad time, of course, and sitting in the kitchen, and they had one of those drop ceilings with the tiles. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and noticed, like, one was not fully flush. I'm just like, huh, what's going on there? And I pull out the chair, stand on the chair, pick it up, and there's a Maxwell House tin that's oh. up in the ceiling, just stuffed with bills. A lot of, a lot of cash. Oh, and I pulled it down, <laughs> looked at my wife, I'm like, uh. And she was like, oh, that's, that's, that's mama's till. Like, I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, she didn't want daddy to take it all to the horse track so she mm-hmm. would pack it away up there <laughs> and i was like that's fantastic and i'm like well so should we give it to your dad she's like no no god no my she, she'd kill me she'd come back from the grave if we did that right. it's pretty funny just the stuff in the ceiling you never know mm-hmm. yeah dad had a you know, yeah, as they say a weakness for the ponies <laughs> yeah, well yeah you got a stash a little light told the story before on the air i had a buddy that you know was uh, stashing a little money away for a deer camp you know getting out of town and you might uh, during deer camp it's not all deer hunting you might unwind at one of the local pubs and uh, he had squirreled away some money and she found it under the paint can in the garage yeah and it quickly turned into their anniversary gift you know he pulled that old one too on her oh great now you found my but then he had to buy her an anniversary gift of course of course that's like the old story of the uh, the, the the football coach said he was he he was an assistant coach. Uh, I can't even remember wh- which guy it was. One of the one of the coaches said early in his career, uh, he and some of the other coaches they went out had a few drinks after practice one day. They were doing the two a days. You know, you got the mm-hmm. you got the uh, the early evening practice and then the crack of dawn in the morning practice. And the boys went out to the bar and they ended up at the strip club and ended up later. One thing leads to another. He's walking back into the house like as the sun's coming up. And as he sits down on the side of the bed, still in his coaching clothing, his wife kind of wakes up and he just immediately stands up again and goes, yeah, morning practice, got to keep moving. Like, <laughs> as if he had just climbed out of bed himself and gotten yeah. dressed. Ah, you know. 
Yeah. Would have been better if I was like, this happened to me, but it didn't. But anyway. <laughs> hey, let's look back. How about a history lesson? Smarts history, November 15th, 1998. On this day, Barry Sanders got his fifth straight 100-yard running game. At the time, it was the 75th 100-yard game. I would give anything for Barry Sanders in his prime to just I just play a game. Uh, just put him on an obstacle course. Uh, just play keep away. Well, you know, 12 people, one ball. That's essentially <laughs> mm-hmm. what he was playing, but on yeah. the NFL field. Yeah, we used to call it kill the carrier. You know? Yeah. You just just run like a whirling dervish, but yeah. he did it as a career and better than anyone ever has or ever will. I, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, he, his offensive line was basically us, the morning show, blocking <laughs> for him. And, Zepp, you made the great point that if they'd ever hired a real offensive line, his highlights would be nowhere near as fascinating. So Yeah, he'd probably have half the yards, too. I I. I, I there's this pretty special moment for any football fan uh, in your child's life. The first time you sit them down and say, honey, let me tell you about Barry Sanders. And you pull that YouTube clip up and watch your kid go, what am I seeing? Right. The great Barry Sanders. Man, that was incredible. On this day in 2001, Roger Clemens won his sixth Cy Young Award. 36 years old, he's done. Can't do a thing. 39 years old, he wins 20 games, wins a Cy Young Award. The steroids were a work in not just for the people holding the bats, but for the people throwing the balls as well. Uh, Roger Clemens, not in the Hall of Fame, never will be in the Hall of Fame. None of these guys, okay, you cheated, you got caught. And none of them could figure out how to just smile and go, my bad, I did it, everyone was doing it, I really yeah. feel bad about it, maybe let me in. They all just still to this day, I never cheated, I'll never give in. So insane. Change the conversation maybe, and that that's a real shame. And I, Because I don't think Barry Bonds, I don't think uh, Mark McGuire, I don't think Sammy Sosa break those home run records without steroids, but Roger Clemens, and, and maybe they go into the Hall of Fame, but Roger Clemens is one of the greatest pitchers I ever saw pitch in sure. his prime and for so long uh, to not be able to just face his... I guess I, I want to say I want to use the word mortality. His but decline. Not, his decline. You're yeah, a first ballot. Able, you're a first ballot yeah, Hall of Famer at 36. Just couldn't, just couldn't do it. And then you got to you got to jack up and juice up. And I'm not even going to mention the fact that he had an affair with country singer Mindy McCready that started when she was 15. Because you know we've already kicked enough Aye. dirt in his face. The KQ Morning Show, 92 KQRS. Davani's, your local pizza and hot hoagie joint in the Twin Cities and family owned since 1975. With 20 convenient locations, they proudly employ 900 Minnesotans. Delivery, takeout, or dine-in, they've got you covered. Order online at Davani's.com.